0: Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the good news of the gospel, that you're working in all places in so many different ways. And Lord, for the joy it is to be invited into that work with you, to share the good news of the gospel with the world. Lord, I pray that you would come and speak to us through your word. Equip us, Lord. Comfort us by the gospel. Strengthen us with your presence, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to be seated. So, we are halfway through this sermon series called Sent for the Sake of Others. And our hope in this series is to share with you and equip you to understand yourselves not only as set apart as God's children, but also as people who are sent, sent ones out into the world to share with others the good news of what Jesus has done. 2,000 years ago, and what he's still doing today. And we're also in the last week of our alpha 30-day prayer movement. So that means that the last three weeks we've been praying for people in our lives that don't know the Lord, praying that God would stir in their hearts, praying for their different needs, that God would show them that he loves them and wants a relationship for them. We've been investing in them. Asking questions, listening well, seeking to serve them and bless them. And we've also been looking for opportunities to invite them to come explore their questions about life, faith, and meaning at Alpha, which starts when? February 9th, that's right, next week, the weekend after Super Bowl, which is this week, right? Um, Today. Um, So, to use the Super Bowl analogy... If we, we're kind of in the fourth quarter of this Alpha prayer movement, where this is the opportunity to invite people. This week is our opportunity to share with people, hey, I want to invite you to come to Alpha. Now, what I love about the fourth quarter is that moment when they show the quarterback trotting onto the field and he needs to, to, to take it down the field for a touchdown. And they zoom in right on his face. And you know, like the whole idea of like the eyes are the windows of the soul. Like, you can see in that quarterback's eyes what's going on. Like, some of them are like, you know, like they're shaking. Some of them, like Tom Brady just kind of trots out like he's going to get the mail or something. Like, (laughs) do you even have a pulse? Are you a zombie or something? Like, um, he doesn't feel any pressure. And so some of you guys might not be uh, feeling much anxiety about this coming week and sharing and inviting people because you're like, you know, the game's already over. It's a blowout, you know. I I did write down a few people and I haven't been praying for them. I haven't even seen them. There's no way I'm going to get an opportunity to invite somebody to come to Alpha. And what I want to tell you is this, that God's outside of time and he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So this week, God is going to give you an opportunity. Even if you think it's a blowout, this is a lost cause, I'll wait till the fall. No, God's going to give you an opportunity. And then some of you guys are a little bit anxious about, am I going to get the opportunity? If I do, what if I miss it? Or what if I do invite that person in my neighborhood or at work? And they're like, no, I don't want to come to that. Please don't talk to me ever again. Right? That's the fear. And I know that because I feel that. So this past week, um, our, our, I got sick last Sunday, which is why I wasn't here. And then the, the, the sickness just rolled over into our family and Our poor daughter on Tuesday night just cried all night long. She was coughing and, you know, had an upset stomach and it was brutal. And so Wednesday, my wife and I were desperate and we're like, okay, let's go get a a humidifier and hopefully we can get a little bit of sleep tonight. And so you do what you do when you're desperate at 1030 at night. You go to Walmart. Um, And so I go to Walmart and Walmart's always fun in the middle of the night, right? And... I get, I find my humidifier, you know, there's like 30 options, I'm like, which one is the best? Um, And then I get my humidifier, I go, uh, and I'm walking up to the checkout line, I'm looking at something on my phone, and I just have a sense, put your phone away. I'm like, okay. So I put my phone away, I walk up, and I just ask the lady, how are you doing tonight? And she's like, oh, it has been a rough day. And I'm like, I feel ya, yeah. I understand. I got a sick baby at home. We're getting this humidifier. And, and just interacting with her a little bit right there, my heart just went out for her. And I had this sense. It wasn't guilt. It was conviction. Dan, you should invite her to Alpha. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, okay, and there's all these things spinning in my mind, and I'm like, bruh, and like, it feels like eternity passes, it's been like 30 seconds, and I'm like, alright, have a nice night, I hope today's better for you, and I'm walking away, and it's like the walk of shame, you know, like, you see it on the cornerback's eyes when he throws an interception, and he's like, oh, I fumbled, you know, and and I'm walking to the car, and I'm starting to do that justification thing. Like, oh, i got a sick baby at home. And God sends some other laborer into her life to share, you know, share with her. And I'm like, okay. And I, I get to the car and I'm like, yeah, I should just go back in. Who cares? Who cares if I look a little bit weird? God, if this is you, I should go back in. I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to come back. Because that's not the end of the story. I'm going to come back to the end of the sermon. A little cliffhanger for you. <laughs> so... What I want to talk about today is how we can be a non-anxious witness, how we can be a non-anxious witness, that we are witnesses, but how we, we don't have to be worried about this work. And we're going to do it by looking at two different passages, our Mark passage in Mark 4, and then our first Peter 3. So if you have your Bibles, go on ahead and open them up to Mark 4. We are on page 839 in the Pew Bible. This is Mark 4, starting in verse 26. And Jesus is telling us about how this whole thing works of sharing our faith and what the kingdom of God looks like in people's lives. And it says this. Jesus says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. That is a loaded passage. There's three different things happening there. There's a sower, which is the man, which is you and me, that we are to scatter seeds of the gospel. That's what the seed is, is the good news of the kingdom of God. You know, we're saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Like when God's kingdom breaks in, we get set free. We know that we're loved. That we are to share the message, the seed, with the soil. Which is everyone in our lives that doesn't know the Lord. Even people at Walmart. So, the question then is this. Gus says, especially people at Walmart. (laughs) Um, The question is, how do we do it? and we're going to be looking at three questions. What do we do? What did God do? And what does God do? What do we do? What did God do? And what does God do? So what do we do? How do we share the seed, especially in this non-anxious way? So go ahead and flip over to 1 Peter 3, verse 13. And I love that Peter knows the hearts of his congregation, the people he's writing this to, the church. This is Starting in verse 13, he says this. Now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good, right? If we're zealous for God and what he's done in our life, who is there to harm you? He says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, even if you do get rejected or if somebody's like, yeah, no, that's not for me. And you're like, oh my gosh, should I have stepped out? He says this, you will be blessed. Like you you are sometimes going to get rejected when you share the good news that you found. But he says, you will be blessed. And then he goes on. He says, have no fear of them nor be troubled. He's saying, you don't need to be anxious. And here's why. Here's how we are to do this work. He says, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord as always. And so I want to put, I want to talk about five different things. Okay. And these are, all start with R. So there'll be a little bit more memorable. If you're a note taker, this would be great. Um, They all start with R. The first one is this. That we are to be reliant as we go in to share with other people, that it's not about us mustering strength to share and to invite people. It's actually, it starts with our relationship with God. Simply just praying, drawing our strength from Him. It says, in your hearts, honor the Lord as holy. That we're to honor Him. And that's the reason that we do it, is we want to honor Him. And that we get our strength to honor him from him. So it's reliant, a relationship. Now, here's what I want to tell you before you get overwhelmed and be like, I'm not doing enough or whatever. I want you to just think as I go through this list of which is one of these that the Holy Spirit might be pricking your heart to say, you know, that's the one that, that I feel like I need to, to, to really spend some time on in this coming season. So the first is reliant. The second one is that he goes on and says this always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And so that's the idea of always being ready, right? It doesn't matter at what point in your life. It doesn't matter who the person is. Always be ready to share. And it says to make a defense to those who ask you. Now, this word defense is courtroom language, okay? And in the courtroom, there's two primary people apart from the judge, you know, or the jury. And if the jury is the people trying to decide, you know, is Jesus real? There's the lawyer, lawyerly types. And those are the ones that seek to present evidence to people. And that might be you. Right? You might be that type of a believer that you're like, I always love to learn more about the evidence for Jesus' existence, for um, the, the, the cross and the resurrection, for the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in people's life. And I love to present that with people. And I would encourage you in that. That, that, that art of persuasion, if people have questions, if you're the type of person that you can you know, dialogue with them about those questions and share your findings. And so there's kind of the lawyerly types that their defense is persuasion. But notice it's not just that. He doesn't just talk to people who are really good uh, and have a bunch of head knowledge. He says this, Be prepared to make a defense to those who ask you for the reason for the hope that's in you. See, that's a lot more personal, isn't it? And so you have the lawyerly types, but then the other people in a courtroom are the witnesses that are just the people that are just sharing the story of what happened. I mean, this is what happened. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means, but this is what happened. And for some of us, we might not be the lawyerly type, but we might be the witness types. That we can share our own story of the change and the difference that Jesus has made in our life. The hope that he's given us in the midst of hardship. The, the transformation that he's brought when you were stuck in some sin. And then you realized you were love, and Jesus led you out. That we're, we can be witnesses to just share the story. That, that where our hope comes from. Where our hope, where our hope is built upon. And so the first thing is we're reliant. The second thing is we're ready. The third thing that, that Peter encourages us to be is he says... Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Be respectful. As you're going about, That you're, you're not trying to argue somebody into the kingdom. You're not trying to be confrontational. You're not trying to, you know, make them squeal. And so they're like, oh, I guess you're right. Your goal is to do it with gentleness and respect. To love and treat them with dignity. To listen and love them. And that's what I love about Alpha. It's a place that, you're, that people are going to be respected and be listened to, and get a chance to share their perspectives. Then he goes on to say this. Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, that's interesting, even if you are reliant, ready, respectful, sometimes people are still going to reject you. They're going to talk about you. He says that having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And that's the idea of just being real having a good conscience, living with integrity. And I think the most, the best way that we can do that is by not trying to be a perfect Christian and having it all together, but being real with people about our struggles, right? That's one of the biggest uh, challenges that, that people are turned off by Christianity because they feel like Christians are hypocrites. But be real with people. Be real about your struggles. If you, if you, you know, said something mean to your coworker, and you're like, I could never invite them to Alpha. They hate me, right? Go to them and say, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. So be real with people, live with integrity. And then the final thing is this He says, for it's better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. That sometimes we will get rejected, we will get slandered. Sometimes people will talk about us and be like, man, they really are, they're really gung ho about Jesus right? And so be resilient. Don't let a couple things that people say that hurt you keep you from sharing this good news with the world. So just be resilient. And so what I would encourage you is just think through, not how can I do all of those different things. This isn't a checklist. This is more just a guide. They say, this is how I can grow in this non being a non-anxious witness for Jesus. So you can go ahead and take those down, but spend some time thinking about them. Now, then he says this. He goes on and says this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Now, some of you this morning might be here saying, you know what, why is this so important that I should be sharing it with all these different people? Some of you guys might be thinking, you know, I don't understand this whole gospel thing. Why are people so zealous about this? What's this all about? Why is this so important? And what it brings to mind for me is Kobe Bryant. When my wife told me, Kobe Bryant, and did you hear Kobe Bryant and his daughter died in a helicopter accident, I was like, what? What? And I'm not a big Kobe fan, but it was utterly shocking for me. And it shocked so many different people, basketball fans, non-basketball fans. Because I think what that did, when we saw that, it was tragic. It was like the sense of, no, that can't be the case. But it also confronted us with this fact that no matter how many things that we have, no matter how many accolades that we've won, no matter how much security we think we have, we're all a split second away from death. That we don't know when our time is going to come. And that's shocking for us. And we push it down and we try not to think about it, right? Because then it stirs up all these other questions in our hearts. Like, well, what happens after we die? Where's Kobe and his daughter? And all those the people that died. And questions like, well, is God waiting on the other side for me? And how do I know? How do I know if I come into his presence that he's going to accept me into his arms and not reject me? Right? I mean, Kobe, we know Kobe was a broken man. It's part of his story. So how do we know? And that's why this seed is so important to share And to consider in our own lives to let it sit in our soil and then share it with others is because this is how we can know what happens after we die. Listen to these words. It says that Christ also suffered once for sins. That on that cross, Jesus died for all of our sins. The sins of the world, but each and every single one of your sins. And it says this, he says, the righteous for the unrighteous. And what that means is this, that Jesus was perfectly righteous. If this was the list of Jesus' sins, there would be nothing there. He was perfectly righteous before God. And what it says is the reason that he died is because of our unrighteousness. That if this was the story of our lives, there would be places that we hurt people, that we rebelled against God's ways, that, that our, all of our stories are full of things that we regret. And they cause us to ask questions about what kind of person am I? And what we hear in this simple passage is this, and this is what the gospel is all about. It's not about being a good person. It's about this good news, that Jesus died for our sins. He took all of our sins on himself so that he, listen to this, it says that he might bring us to God. That we might be able to come to him and look like him, pure and spotless. And that's the reason for the hope that's in us. And I was wondering all these questions about Kobe. I didn't know anything about Kobe, but the hope for me and for his daughter was that I heard that morning before he boarded that helicopter that he had been at Mass at 7 a.m. And my hope is that Jesus presented Kobe pure and spotless before God because Jesus took Kobe's sins and your and my sins on the cross to set us free. That we could be brought to God when we die, but then be brought to God right here, right now. That's the message of the gospel. It changes everything. Not just about our death, but about our life. I want you to know it. I want you to know that you can be set free. I want you to hear a couple stories These are stories of people who came to Alpha, like you and me, mixed bags, and what happened to them. Go ahead and play the video. Yeah, we'll get a little volume.
1: Extremely depressed and no hope. Abusive childhood, the military. Like if I got hit by a bus, I didn't care.
2: I was an addict, um, drug, alcohol, sex addict.
3: And then uh, going through an ugly divorce is a bit hell too.
1: I was broken emotionally and physically, and it was just, there. Were, I had no sense of hope at all. I was just in a dark, dark pit.
4: I didn't think about God, so I didn't even think to think I don't need you, God.
2: Consider myself an atheist um, for no other reason than I just didn't want to talk about God.
4: I always felt like You know, I'm good.
3: Last summer, um, some people in my neighborhood was going to Alpha and they asked me if I'd like to go.
1: A friend of mine invited me last spring to come to Alpha. I got an invite from my friend, Mrs. Weirs, to attend this Alpha program at Grace. So I was like, okay, you know, I took it as a sign. I was like, all right, I'll go check it out and see what it's about.
3: I wasn't expecting me getting some answers to the questions I had, uh, beating some demons that I had.
4: I was looking for sort of evidence, you know, I'm, I'm a scientist, retired college professor. I, I kind of like things to be logical and evidence based.
2: It helped me tremendously, answered questions for me, uh, continually asked why, what, who, how come.
4: I, since I retired, I haven't had that kind of discussion group, you know, where you can talk philosophically or, or um, to hear other people. and. Um, that was just, I like that. I, I, that was kind of missing.
3: It's like watching a movie and, and then adapting to it. Videos themselves, you know, they have an impact on you. You know, that might fade a little bit, but as you come into a group and start really talking about it, you get all the different perspectives, It begins to really sink in and you take it with you. And the love that was in, in this atmosphere. The people that don't even know me, you can see it, you can feel it without even them saying it.
4: I found out that I really wanted to have a relationship with God, which I had not anticipated. And I had a lot of questions um, that I'd never had answered, and that's what Alpha did.
2: It helped me tremendously. answered questions for me.
4: very first episode of the Alpha series addressed that. It was very impressive in terms of the evidence for God and Jesus.
2: just started to, to speak to me and started to put my mind at ease, I guess
3: was in the um, area about forgiveness and I've been carrying this guilt and this hatred for so long. A
1: lot of us are so uh, so used to being in control but uh, you know when I finally let go of the reins and let him take over uh, things got a lot better. In 1994
3: I received a phone call about a drunk driver killing my wife and daughter. He did time he got out and it's about time for me to forgive him and so i made a phone call like the book says it's like me drinking poison
1: and hoping he dies and i just want to clean the slate things are night and day now you know before like i said i was in the abyss now i'm out in the light in the sun the holy spirit came into my life
3: i struggled with it because it was different i wasn't used to it I started asking questions, you know, how do I deal with it since i was been lost for so long.
2: I was lost. I was broken, um, spiraling out of control.
3: I had a lot of bitterness and hatred.
2: I left with a, a peace um, that I, had, I wasn't used to having.
3: I witnessed that I changed from an evil man to a, a pleasant, humble man
1: you know awake I'm like oh wow you know thank god that I'm here and you know he didn't give up on me I gave up on myself I
3: think I think I know I'm I'm going to continue being that person because the holy spirit's not God.
2: I want more I mean I want to keep going um, I don't want this to stop well for one thing I enjoy going to church now like I hated it before but now I actually want to go I'm sharing my testimony with with others out there that are just like me
3: that uh, are lost and confused. Alpha is very easy to understand. It's not personal, it's not judgmental.
2: Just open your mind and give it a shot. You know, Um, you have nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose when I came here.
3: It just tells you the facts and let you be the judge if you want to join or not.
2: And you just might be surprised. And and as I was, you know, I, I can't get enough.
0: So that's what the gospel has come to do, to bring us to God through Jesus Christ. And that's what the gospel does in people's lives. And so what do we do? We just introduce the seed. God does the changing. And listen to this. It says this, second half of the parable. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. That's us. We're just scattering seeds. He sleeps and rises day and night and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to be an anxious witness because all we do is introduce the seed. It's God that produces the fruit. It's God that does the work in people's lives. He's the one that changes them through the seed of the gospel. And so there I am, standing in the Walmart parking lot at 11 o'clock at night now. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I turn around and I get a phone call. I look down and it's my wife. And I pick it up and she's like, hey, love, can you also pick up some baby Motrin? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I can do that. And so I walked in, I prayed on my way to the pharmacy area, I got the baby motor, and I was like, Lord, give me the strength to share with this woman the seed of the gospel through an invitation. Got there, and I said, hey, I know this, this is kind of weird, but my heart really went out to you. Would you like to come to Alpha? It's this place to explore your questions about life, faith, and meaning, and to share your perspectives in a relaxed environment. Is that something you'd be interested in? And she was like, Yeah yeah, that sounds great. Where is it? And I was like, oh, it's right next door, actually, at Grace Anglican Church. She's like, okay, cool, you know, and I gave her the invitation card right now. Now, I don't know if she's going to come, but all I know is that my job is to introduce the seed, and it's God's job to produce the fruit. So this week, step out in faith, introduce the seed into the soil, and watch what God does. Let's pray. Lord, first I just want to pray for anybody here in this room. Lord, whose heart has been opened to the good news that you have died for our sins to bring us to God. Lord, I pray that you would let that seed come to fruition in their lives. Lord, help them right now in this moment to say yes to you. And then, Lord, to talk to somebody about saying yes to you. And Lord, I pray for all the people in our lives, Lord, Lord, that we're going to encounter this week. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be a non-anxious witness. Lord, just to be able to share the reason for the hope that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.